Welcome to another In Wheel Time podcast, a 30-minute mini version of the In Wheel Time car show that airs live every Saturday morning, 8 to 11 a.m. Central. This is the award-winning car talk show, In Wheel Time, your weekly go-to all things automotive place. Howdy along with Mike out of this world, Mars, King Conrad DeLong, and Jeff Zekin just off camera over there. I'm Don Armstrong, so glad that you could join us today. And uh, we're going to go back out to... California and talk with Mr. Jack Nerad, ladies and gentlemen. And there he is, looking sharp on the air, as he always is. Jack, it's good to see you, sir. Thanks for getting up so early on a Saturday morning. <laughs> ah, my pleasure. Great to talk to you guys. I, well, I'd love to hang out with you. You know, uh, uh, Jack uh, has been actually uh, in broadcasting for quite some time, and I wanted to kind of question you a little bit about that. I know that uh, back in 1993, <laughs> it wouldn't be the first time. Yeah, no doubt. Um, uh, do we know what where that uh, where that is coming from, Mr. Mars? No, sir. Okay, uh, we're going to try to uh, uh, figure out what the interference is with you uh, coming in there from California. But I know that. Uh, the America on the Road radio program debuted in 1993. Jack, guess what? You're old like me. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I'm at least as old as you. I, I imagine not. Yeah, at well, least so. at any rate, uh, Jack, we've got some interference there. We're going to let you and Mr. Mars work on that uh, in, in the meantime. And, uh, and Be I'll, right back I, to you. Yeah, I'll be right back to you. So hang in there with us. Um, all I can tell you is, is that, uh, uh, you know, I thought that Jack and I had something in common, and this is the first that I knew about his debut on the radio in 1993. America on the Road. America on the Road, and he started off with uh, uh, a fellow uh, co-host of his who has since passed away. Um, uh, And at any rate, uh, it it was a very popular uh, show. It was heard on 300 stations nationwide, first on Westwood One and then on CBS Radio. Um, Mike Anson was his co-partner's name, and uh, his health uh, ultimately deteriorated to the point where Mike subsequently passed away. Uh, But uh, now Jack has got a new co-host by the name of Chris Teague, a main based auto writer so you can imagine that simulcast in a west coast yeah east coast to west coast yeah ouch so somebody's up early or somebody's up late late one or the other yeah uh and maine's got some beautiful driving roads just like california you know i've never been to maine but want to go i've been to maine i kind of spent my summers in maine with my grandparents and a beautiful place well how lucky are you well how lucky my parents were because they just send me away for two weeks to live with my grandparents and i drive them nuts and my parents could rest and relax and not have to worry were you there by yourself with your grandparents or did you have friends in maine no well i I mean, I made friends in Maine because I did that every summer. For, so you weren't there long years. enough to get into too much trouble. I was there long enough to get into trouble. Uh, just and then they would send them trouble. away. Yeah, yeah. They, <laughs> they could only take me for two, three weeks at a time, and then they'd send me back. <laughs> but, you know, that was all about, uh, uh, you know, how beautiful Maine was. And we well, were you you didn't go to Kenny Bunkport, did you? Been to Kenny Bunkport. We lived near Portsmouth, New Hampshire. Their place was in Elliott, Maine, and York Beach. And then this other uh, – at York Beach was the Nubble uh, 
uh, lighthouse. So when you see a lot of these picturesque paintings of lighthouses, the Nubbles one of one of those that's been painted by lots of. Did famous you do any shrimping painters. or crabbing or lobsters? We did. We did clam. We Clammy. dug clams up in the mud flats. So anyhow, I think uh, Mike's waving like Jack might be back on the air All without right. that mechanical. Let's noise. go back to Jack and see how uh, good he is now. Jack, let me hear you. Let's see how good I am. Now. Oh, that's yeah. a thousand times better. Much better. Thank you so much. As a matter of fact, I was uh, while you, you and Mike were getting that fixed, uh, I was telling everybody about your original uh, partner, Mike Anson, who's since passed away. And um, you've uh, got back on doing a podcast now with new co-host Chris Teague. How does that work out, you on the West Coast and him on the East Coast? Well, it works out really well, actually. It's kind of interesting. Uh, we do it in, in some similar way to what we're doing right now, right? I'm, I'm here on the West, West Coast, and you guys are in Houston, I think. So Yes. Or the environs are Houston. And I, I think it's kind of interesting to have that cross-country thing going on. Uh, he well, has a different point of view. He, he, I always uh, chide him about the weather because, <laughs> you know, it's 14 degrees at where he is and 75 where I am. So I can always lord that over him and uh, it's kind of fun. Well, yeah, and and especially uh, from what I understand that uh, the car show is kind of similar to ours in the fact that you call it a generalist automotive uh, program. And uh, right. I think that ours is, too, because we talk about pretty much all things automotive here on the N-Wheel Time Show. And, um, you know, so we talk about racing, car shows, new car reviews. We actually do a used car review of the week. I uh, thought we'd bring that in because, you know, not everybody is up to... Um, up to buying a brand new car. Instead, they're into uh, buying. That's all they can afford is a used car. And let's face There's it, a lot know, of value in a used car yeah, too. I think. Uh, I would think know, more exceptional value. Yeah, yeah exactly. And do you guys do that kind of similar to us? Yeah, largely. We basically have a, a very strong format that we've we've followed for <laughs> the better part of twenty five years now. And we do uh, an opening segment of news, and then we do. Uh, some road testing. I will talk to Chris about the car I drove. He will talk to me about the car he drove. Uh, we'll do a listener question segment, and then we'll do a, a pretty long interview segment. I think that's one of the things that separates our shows from a lot of others. Right. Uh, car shows is we really do lengthy interviews with some movers and shakers in the industry each week. So we'll have a chief engineer on, say, the Chevy Tahoe or the Cadillac Escalade or uh, the Toyota Supra. And kind of get deep into that particular car. Um, I think podcast audiences kind of like going deep sometimes. So that's that's fun. And, you know, that's kind of our show. I know you guys do three hours. We only do one. Uh, I, can't, I can't imagine the, the difficulty doing three hours. But I guess there's How long know, are your podcasts, Jack? How long have we been podcasting? No, how long are the podcasts? Oh, the podcasts are about 50 minutes long. You gotcha. know, so it would be essentially like an hour show on radio, I yeah, imagine. Right, exactly. Well, yeah. we, we bust hours up uh, into 30-minute segments, and uh, we stretch them out over uh, six days. Uh, obviously, the seventh day is our live show, so that's kind of our format that we've been fairly, uh, you know. Consistent with. Yeah, and, and it seems to work out for and, us. And we're always it looking like for. a really good idea, actually. Doing something every day uh, or close to every day is probably a hot tip. 
And we're always <laughs> looking we for somebody that. interesting, and that's why we have you on today. So I want to know, Jack, what is it that you're driving this week? What kind of manufacturer car are you well, driving? Well, I'm driving some pretty cool stuff this week. I mean, I'm uh, on the North American Car of the Year jury. Actually, I'm the vice president of the North American Car of the Year jury. God, they year. dared make you the vice president? Yeah, I mean, can you imagine? I mean, <laughs> they must have been looking the other way when it happened, right? Uh, but um, I've got a, a Mustang Mach-E right outside my house. Oh, and wow. I've got a... So pretty cool, <laughs> pretty cool to have that and to have that for a while. I, I drove one for a couple hours, uh, say three or four weeks ago. Uh, but now to live with that vehicle for several days, you guys know how how valuable that is versus just a, a quick yeah. drive. Fifteen but, minutes know, doesn't do it. Cars, yeah. So uh, a really interesting vehicle, I think. Well, do you find that uh, with uh, the marketing person from Ford right out your, uh, down the street from you out there in California that that uh, actually helps you get uh, new cars from Ford like that? Uh, maybe. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not certain that's true, actually. Uh, you know, getting the cars is always kind of a mystery to me. And, you know, I've been editor of Motor Trend Magazine, and I was uh, executive editorial director at Kelly Blue Book, and... You know, now I have a podcast, right, and, and do some writing for Driving Today and uh, some other things. But uh, it, it's always kind of a, more a weird science, I think, than yeah. it is. Uh, well, we, we tend totally to right. agree, yeah, yeah, most definitely. So, well, that's pretty exciting that you've got the Mach-E. We're all dying to get into that, and I don't think that it's in the Texas press fleet just yet. And um, so I, I want to know more about uh, the North American Car of the Year competition and how you guys judge those kinds of things, because, you know, the manufacturers uh, hold that in high regard. Yeah, it is a, a very highly regarded award. I think it's um, more than uh, 25 years old, something like that, about 25 or 30 years old. Uh, and there are 50 independent jurors. So they're guys like me uh, who have background in this. Uh, you know, they have to be uh, have strong bona fides, shall we say, about testing cars. And they test a lot of cars every year. It's not like they tested cars 10 years ago, but they're not testing cars now. They're testing cars now. And uh, they are very skilled testers. And then there are essentially kind of um, 50 procedures. So there are 50 of us, and we each do them a, uh, maybe a different way. It's not like there is one procedure. I, you know, I designed the car of the year procedure for Motor Trend back in the day, a long, long time ago. And what I found when I was doing that was it tested the procedure as much as it tested the cars, if you get me. I mean, uh, a lot of times you uh, look at a particular thing or wait it a particular way. And if you wait, uh, say, interior style or comfort in a particular way, it'll change the result versus if you changed it a different way. So I think having 50 different uh, ways of testing vehicles is, is actually a really good way of arriving at the North American Car of the Year, the Truck of the Year, and the Utility of the Year. Because it allows all the various points of view to weigh in with some consistency. Yeah, absolutely. Each of those jurors will have their own procedure, but in combination, that's a really good procedure to have all those different points of view. Jack, how does how does that procedure differ from, uh, let's say, Consumer Reports and the way that they uh, look at cars and measure their attributes? Well, I think Consumer Reports has their procedure. And for that uh, matter, Motor Trend has their procedure, right? And uh, they're perfectly valid procedures, but they're one procedure, right? And it, it takes it a particular way. I think 
Consumer Reports looks at reliability. They, they strongly try to do that. They're, they're much less about, um, say, what an enthusiast would, would like. Uh, I think when we see Motor Trend Car of the Year or uh, Car and Driver's 10 Best, they're really designed for the enthusiast reader who likes those magazines, right? It's, it's more than just something for the broader audience. I think for North American car of the year, we want to reach the broader audience. We, we're not just going to concentrate on the car that is the most fun to drive or the truck that is the most fun to drive. We wanted uh, to identify um, for our visitors or people who care about the award what the best buy is, really. I mean, at least that's my procedure. Which of these is you know, the biggest advance in its segment or the biggest advance of all these vehicles? And then to qualify to be in the bucket for testing has to be new platform or or a recently or a to this year a, a pretty big refresh. Is that correct? Right, absolutely right. It's got to be a uh, either a complete redo, a completely new car, a complete redo of a vehicle. We're a little less stringent about that with trucks because trucks don't change as frequently. Uh, as rapidly. So we don't want to just not have a truck uh, segment. You know, we're lucky this year in that we have the F-150 is all new this year, but you won't necessarily have an all new truck every year, right. but you will have some trucks that are significantly um, revised and, or there's a variant of them. One of the variants that is in this year's uh, truck of the year is uh, the Ram 1500 TRX. Right. So that's a significant variant of a, a vehicle that was new uh, a couple years ago. So let's talk about the finalists. Do you have a list of the finalists so far? I do. In fact, it's staring at me right on my screen here. Funny, you should, so funny you should bring that we up, can, Don We can Armstrong. see the reflection yeah, in yeah, your well glasses. Well done, Don. Thank you so much. Uh, you know, I'm glad you didn't ask me about some other things because I would ne not necessarily have known about that. Right. But uh, let's start with cars, and then we'll work our way to SUVs, right? Because that's kind of the way the market is going. Right. Days. So with cars, the three finalists are the uh, Genesis G80, okay. all new, you know, large luxury or luxury sedan right. from Genesis. Uh, the entire Hyundai Elantra line, <laughs> which includes uh, that's their compact sedan, of course, and and hatchback. It includes the N line, which is the performance version of, of that vehicle. And then the all-new Nissan Sentra. So these are really uh, very approachable cars. Two of them are <laughs> extremely approachable. I mean, much lower cost than the average transaction price of a vehicle out there. Well, I find uh, it interesting, Jack, that they're not necessarily the same size sedans. Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, that's one of the things when you're choosing a, a car of the year, a truck of the year, or SUV of the year. You're going to have different sizes, right? I mean, especially in cars and SUVs, you're going to have uh, in the SUV market, for example, I think there were 25 qualifiers or something like that that are basically all new or heavily revised oh, wow. for this year. So we had to winnow down from 25 to get a manageable number that we could test about 12, 13 or so. And then we winnow it down again to three finalists and then... Uh, actually, the uh, the balloting is starting today. Uh, I've got my ballot today from North American Car of the Year, and we're going to finish up this week. 
and announced on January 11th. So to but, make you know. to make itself the car, truck, or SUV of the year, do you do the comparison of that vehicle in its category, in its size category, um, and and where it places? in relation to that or just purely based on what that car brings to market regardless of size? Let's say we're talking. Kind of a combination of both, really. And uh, you can look at both ways. I mean, I I look at it as I'm trying to find a vehicle that is um, a leader in its segment, number segment. one. Mm-hmm. Like if something were just an also ran in its segment, you'd I, I think you'd have a hard time naming it car of the year, right? If there are other cars in its segment that are better. Uh, one would think that mostly a brand new car would be better than what's out there, but that's not always the case, as you guys you know, absolutely well know. So I'm looking for something that is a leader in its segment and then something that has market significance. You know, it's, and, and that's it's how not you just can... an esoteric, weird you know, vehicle that's going to have just a few sales and not really be important in the market. So what are some of the other uh, vehicles that you've got uh, whittled down to the finalists? In- well, in truck of the year, it's the F-150 I talked about, the Ram 1500 TRX, you know, the variant of the Ram 1500, and then the Jeep Gladiator Mojave, which is a variant of the Jeep Gladiator midsize pickup truck. So one complete redo of a, of a line that happens to be the best-selling vehicle in, in America. It has uh, and been then for some 40 variants years. Of yeah. Some other trucks. Yeah. I'm, I'm surprised. Well, it might not have made the cutoff, and that would be the Wrangler Rubicon 392. It didn't make the cut, and it will probably be in our uh, competition next year. Yeah. Uh, it has to, we make the stipulation that the vehicle we name as car, truck, or utility of the year go on sale pretty early on in that model year. So yep. there's got to be a 2021 model and it's got to be available uh, for purchase. So l- looking at, at your Jeep Wrangler, uh, excuse me, the Gladiator that you chose, um, when you review it for uh, truck of the year, do you look at it with just one powertrain or do you look at the variety of powertrains that are available? It really depends on what's in the vehicle. Uh, you know, if it's available with various powertrains, we try to drive one with each of the powertrains. Okay. I mean, it's not always possible, and heaven knows this year it's been harder than ever, as, as you guys well know, to uh, get vehicles to test. Uh, if we're not testing all the powertrains, we at least look at the powertrains that are being offered to, you know, see what's available to the consumer. So you do uh, take it into consideration. Yeah, absolutely. We're yeah. we're pretty thorough about that. And again, each of the jurors has their own procedure, but uh, we we try to be very thorough about uh, looking at all the variants. Okay, so we got a couple of uh, couple of things going there. One is the truck category, and one is the uh, car of the year competition. So, anything else? Yeah, we do. We have a, a utility category, and of course, as you guys know, I mean, utilities are the largest sellers right now. Everybody's turning to utilities. Uh, and I think some pretty interesting stuff. We have the Ford Mach-E, which we, we talked about uh, as we opened the segment. And then the uh, Land Rover Defender. You know, that's a, a vehicle that a lot of people are uh, really excited about, at least the follow-on of uh, what's going on with Land Rover and that Defender name. And then another vehicle from Genesis, their first SUV, which is a really important vehicle for them because they've been struggling in the 
in the luxury market without an SUV when the S, uh, when the uh, luxury market is SUV dominated, right. and that's the GV80 from Genesis. Um, so, I think an interesting cross section uh, of vehicles. One that's an all electric, you know, all electric SUV is a pretty interesting concept. Yes. And then you have uh, some fairly expensive vehicles actually uh, to round that out. Well, who doesn't like an expensive SUV? I mean, come on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, we all like driving other people's cars, right? And the more right. expensive, the better. So what do we have to look forward to? When will this be announced? This will be announced on January 11th, on Monday, January 11th. I'm traveling to Detroit to participate in that. I believe we're going to be doing a live web webcast. So, you know, look for that. You can see that uh, unfold live. And uh, it's going to be a, a different kind of program than we usually do because we're doing it largely virtually. But several of us will be in a studio uh, outside Detroit and uh, doing a half-hour broadcast uh, announcing the winner. Well, let me understand this. So we're going to go from 72-degree California weather to a big <laughs> mystery in the middle of winter in Detroit. That ought to be a, quite a culture shock. Yeah, I, I love that. I mean, I used to go to the <laughs> Detroit Auto Show, as we all did in the middle of winter, and you never uh, knew. Yeah, it's like I know, but that but that was my that was my winter because we don't have winter down. We're like you, we don't have much of a winter, and so going to Detroit for three or four days. Okay, now I've had my fill of winter. I'm going back to Texas. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The beauty of it was you could leave. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. it. You always you always keep that return ticket close at hand. You never <laughs> yeah, want to leave that back in the hotel. Okay. Well, um, so. I know that you've got other things going on. I know that a lot of the focus right now is on this uh, car truck of the year, utility of the year uh, uh, war, if you will, uh, for that award, because it really is uh, a very important thing. And I'm sure sells several thousand vehicles just on the award merit alone. I think it is very important. And I think uh, a lot of manufacturers have done surveys trying to understand what awards are important. And the North American Car of the Year Award and its associated awards are deemed to be very, very important by consumers. What is the name of the organization? Is there one other than the North it American Car? It is really Car the North American Car of the Year, and I think it's incorporated. Uh, it is a nonprofit. We're a volunteer organization. Um, the money we collect either goes to more testing or we donate a lot to charity. We had the opportunity, I think, to, to donate something like $40,000 to uh, some college scholarships and some other uh, charitable uh, organizations uh, this past year. We look to do that again. So um, it is largely self-supporting, and a lot, of, a lot of us donate a lot of our time. I spend a lot of time on, on this non-paid job of mine as vice president of uh, North American Car of the Year. So these 50 categories, questions, uh, these drill-down aspects of, of the award process, uh, is that made public or is that kind of kept close to the vest? Well, I mean, I, we have 50 juror members who do their procedures. I, I'm not sure that they have written procedures that we could publicize. Um, we try to do this very transparently. Uh, we announce the uh, vehicles that are going to be considered. Uh, we then announce the results of the first uh, balloting that give, gives us the semifinalists. Then we announce the finalists, and then we announce the award winner. So, uh, and I think all the all the balloting uh, is uh, available to people who want to look at it. 
so you can see who voted for what if you really care. Yeah. Uh, and it is a balloting, too. It is not like uh, 50 guys get together in a room and we fight it out. It's not like the back room at a political convention or something like that. Gotcha. Oh, come on. That would make it so much more fun. <laughs> yeah, well, it would make for a TV show, I guess. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Well, Jack, it's always it's great to talk to you, and thanks so much for giving us the insight on the uh, North American Car Truck of the Year competition. Uh, so a week from Sunday... Uh, it'll all be announced. Yeah, I think a week from uh, Monday. Monday, Monday, Monday uh, sorry. Yes, yes, a week from Monday, January 11th. So I'm traveling to Detroit on Sunday, so that's a, that's a party for me. Oh, exactly. <laughs> so uh, how do we log in to see the announcement? Where do we log in? It to? will be on the, the North American Car of the Year website, which I believe is nactoy.com. Okay. Uh, but, you know, if you did a search for North American Car of the Year, you would find that website or search for that website. Right. We'll be watching will, you, I think Jack. there will be some uh, media announcements as well. Okay, very good. Well, Jack, it's always great to talk to you. Thanks so much for taking the time uh, today. Uh, enjoy that California weather. It's a little bit chilly here in Texas today. But uh, we'll l- look forward to talking to you at least in a couple of weeks, okay? Yeah, I absolutely look forward to it. And you know, Happy New Year to all three of you and uh, also to your listeners and, and viewers. And uh, you take care, and we look forward to talking to you again soon. We love you. Stay safe. Thanks again, Jack. Thanks. Jack Nerad, uh talking about the finalists of the North American Car of the Year competition. Very interesting. Yep. Um, uh, you know, on our show, I, for me personally, I developed a kind of an overview of the car that I'm driving and try to give my impression uh, but not boring people out of their minds, mm-hmm. out of the, you know, because we could drill it down to the size of the glove box. Yeah. Did you like that? The t- no. size of the tires. Yeah, yeah we don't, we, really you know, know exactly. if we could find a torque wrench, we could talk about the torque on the head bolts. You know what? I, it just so happens. Dun, dun, Wait just dun. a minute. <laughs> you want me to reach over I and just, whack him with I it? I just happen to have the uh, George Skelton torque wrench of the year. And here it is. That he has bought for me and spent a lot of money on this because of my anger over the Craftsman non-lifetime so, warranty that it came with. You were so torqued off about that. I was. And this one, by the way, uh, he was purchased over at uh, Harbor Freight uh, for one one-hundredth of the price of the egotistical Craftsman junk that they sell. And it's better than the floor jacks they were selling. The jack uh, stands that they recalled. Yeah. Jack stands. Yeah, jack stands. Yeah, that, that was a good one there. Um, okay. Well, we're coming up to the top of the hour and hour number three of our program. And I um, actually have a list that's standing by. And I'm not going to do it now because we're too close to the top of the hour. But sometime in the next hour, I'm going to do this. The cars that will debut in 2021. And I have a whole list of them. One, two, three. Four pages. A debutante list. A debutante, yes. You had me at Cadillac. There it is right there. <laughs> Let's see. Is Cadillac on here? I don't think it Cadillac's should be. On. Right. Yeah, it is. Actually, I got a, a new one there. There you yes, go. Yes, this is just a tease. So Cadillac, the CT4V Blackwing, and the CT5V Blackwing, Blackwing performance sedans I'm, coming this summer. Blackwing I'm, I'm is tearing the, up. I'm tearing up. The hot rod of the hot rods. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. So we do have more coming up here on the In Wheel Time show. We are now going to take a very quick break, and we'll be back right after these important messages. 
Texas Truck Works is your go-to truck customizer. From mild-to-wild lift kits, custom wheels and steering and handling enhancements to the best personal and commercial like wraps, Texas Truck Works delivers. Let Texas Truck Works founder Scott Stevens help you get the most out of your truck or Jeep. Texas Truck Works has decades of customizing experience, including power adders and complete engine swaps. Let the Texas Truck Works team design an upgrade plan that fits your budget. Get truck attitude today at TexasTruckWorks.com. Tailpipes and Tacos is Houston's premier cruise-in, and you're invited to join in. Whether you're a cruiser or a spectator, Tailpipes and Tacos is the place to enjoy made-to-order breakfast tacos, fresh coffee, and mingle with Houston's fun car people. Mark your calendar for Saturday, January 16th for Tailpipes and Tacos at the Loopy Tortilla Mexican Restaurant in Katy, 8 a.m. to 11 a.m. Tailpipes and Tacos is free, and everyone is invited. You'll see collector cars, hot rods, customs, magnificent originals, and resto mods all in one location. Cars from all over Southeast Texas cruise in and show off in a friends and family event. The Loopy Tortilla Mexican Restaurant on the Grand Parkway at Kingsland Boulevard, just south of I-10 and Katy. Drag racer, car enthusiast, and Loopy founder Stan Holt brings you Houston's hottest cruise in, tailpipes and tacos, Saturday, January 16th, 8 to 11 a.m. at Loopy's in Katy. The in-wheel time car show will be there too. Get your ride ready and we'll see you at the tailpipes and tacos Saturday morning cruise in, January 16th, 8 to 11 a.m. at Loopy's in Katy, weather permitting. Is your business or company looking to stand out in a crowded advertising market? Looking to reach the real auto enthusiast? You found it. You're listening or watching In Wheel Time, and so are your fellow enthusiasts. The In Wheel Time Car Show now reaches half a million, and we can put together a marketing plan that will engage them in your product, business, or service. To get the tires rolling, just shoot us an email to our marketing director, Jeff Zekin. His address is jeff at inwheeltime.com. That's it for this podcast episode of the In Wheel Time Car Show. I'm Don Armstrong, inviting you to join us for our live show every Saturday morning, 8 to 11 a.m. Central on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and our InWheelTime.com website. Podcasts are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeart Podcast, Podcast Addict, TuneIn, Pandora, and Amazon Music. Keep listening, and we'll see you soon.